Property Podcast. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. From wherever you may be listening in the world, this is the Max Property Podcast. I like to thank you all for tuning in again, and I hope you'll enjoy what we've got lined up for you today. I'm your host, Fabian Zwan, and I look forward to bringing you up to speed about the process behind requesting a loan via our Max Crowdfund platform. Through the method of crowdfunding, Max Crowdfund enables project developers to realize their ambitions within the real estate sector. And luckily for you, I just so happened to have invited a guest onto the show who dove headfirst into the Max Crowdfund experience. So Daniel, it's, uh, it's great to have you here virtually, of course. I'm excited to be here. Thank you so much. It's an honor. The pleasure is all ours. Uh, in addition to his experiences with our Max Crowdfund platform, Daniel will share with you his two cents on the booming real estate market that is the UK and what you need to look out for before you immerse yourself within it. So first things first, uh, Daniel, tell us a little bit about yourself. Who are you? What do you do? And what are your secret powers? <laughs> well, I'm not sure about secret powers, but uh, well, thank you so much again for having me. My name is Daniel Wood. I am, well, I am a property investor. Uh, what makes me a little unique, maybe from the other people you'll have on and have had on this show, is that I live in Sweden. I'm born and raised here, but I invest in the UK. And I do it because I believe UK to be one of the best markets in the world for, for investing. And I'm sure we'll go into why uh, a little later. But I started out almost 10 years ago, and uh, we, me and my wife, we run our company, our investment company together. We started out by getting ourselves a mentor. You know, we did everything right in that sense, but we got ripped off for about 400,000 pounds when we were starting out, and it wasn't our money. It was money we had raised from investors. You know, we were kind of, you know, regular people. We had regular jobs. We didn't have 400,000 pounds to lose, and we got ripped off for all that money. And I'll never forget the day when my my accountant called me and said, Daniel, it's time to bankrupt your company. And for me, it was one of those like, oh, no, well, what does this mean? What what do I uh, what do we do? And, and he said, well, look, what we'll do is we'll shut down the company. We'll write, you know, we'll write off the debt. And you can start over fresh. I was like, wow, that sounds amazing. You know, with that kind of crushing debt over me, it was like, wow, you know, godsend, right? I could, I could start over. But then I asked, so if I don't pay off that debt, who does? And he said, well, your investors are probably not going to see a lot of their money back. And that's when I realized it wasn't, you know, me starting over. It was me throwing everyone else under the bus. The people that had trusted me, friends who believed in me. I mean, just a, a month before, a woman had called me and said she needed the money because her family was caught in a war-torn country and she needed the money desperately to save them. And I wanted nothing more than to, you know, give her the money and help her out. But, you know, we'd lost it. We, we were... We were essentially bankrupt. And so I couldn't. And, you know, she broke down crying. And now I had the opportunity to tell her I was never going to pay that money back ever. And so I told my accountant, no, we're not doing that. I don't know how, but somehow we're going to turn this around and we're going to pay these people back. And I think that's where 
a lot of things started changing for us um, because we started meeting amazing people. I started working with the Tony Robbins organization uh, and we met Kim Kiyosaki, the author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And she actually stepped in for a while as one of our, in, like an informal mentor to me and Gisela and helped us in how to restructure our business, turn the business around. And we were able to, we never went bankrupt, which was, which is something I'm very, very proud of, but it took a lot of time. It took a lot of effort and, uh, it's, it's led me to have a greater understanding for, for investment, for debt, for how to, how to act as a, as an investor. And we've been able to grow, you know, today we have properties all over the UK. We do venture capital. We were co-founders in a golf resort in South Wales. We invest in cryptocurrencies. We invest in businesses. We invest in, in stocks. So we've, we've been able to expand. But I think it all started with, you know, we surrounded ourselves with the wrong people originally. And it cost us. And today we're, we have the blessing to be surrounded by very, very amazing people. We work together with the Rich Dad organization today with Success Resources and through them, Tony Robbins organization. I actually speak on their behalf. And uh, actually later this fall, I'll be sharing the stage with Robert Kiyosaki himself. And uh, that, that's going to be really, really cool. So it's, yeah. it's been a journey, but it's been, it's been a challenging one. And, and I think that is something important. And, and I'm sure... With the, the listeners here, I'm sure a lot of them or most of you are, are property investors yourself. You, I'm sure you kind of recognize yourself in some of the ch challenges and setbacks we've had. But as long as you keep on moving forward, you, you'll always work it out. Ooh. That's a really uh, intense uh, personal story. I, I don't think I expected that, but uh, thank you for sharing it. I think you gave some really good indicators of warning signs. That can really help out uh, future and current property investors. So, uh, yeah, what you said can really outline the dangers that are salient within this uh, industry. And you, you sharing this can really help them uh, one step further. Uh, but I just wanted to, you know, move back towards Max Crowdfund. Uh, going back to the moment when you approached us at Max Property Group with the intention of using the platform. Uh, what was it that initially brought us to your attention? Well, so th this is actually a pretty cool story, and it came from two two uh, ways. I, I, I'm I'm friends, I should say, um, and I, I say this uh, as we're digital friends. I've actually never met Mark uh, Mark Lloyd, one of the the founders of Max Property, but uh, we've we've been in contact for years, and we know each other from the the real estate space in the UK. Um, and he reached out to me probably about 18 months before I came back for a loan and told me about the project and what was happening. And I was really, really impressed. And, and I obviously I saw the potential that is Max Crowdfund. Um, but we didn't have a deal that fit. So we, we started going out looking and I, I, we were doing some different HMO deals. We were doing some developments and we were doing different deals. Uh, but nothing really fit the platform until two of my business partners who were supposed to be out finding about a hundred thousand pound HMO deal came back with a 520,000 pound HMO deal. Uh, <laughs> so all of a sudden the, the budget had, uh, you know, five X and I was looking at it going like, all right, so guys, how, what, what were you, what are you thinking? And they just showed me the numbers and we did the due diligence. And it's like, wow, this deal is amazing. We got to do it. How do we fund it? And that's when I remembered, wait a sec. Mark told me 
about Max Crowdfund. We could use this because what's great about Max Crowdfund for us as a developer is the fact that we can get, you know, we can get funding on the purchase and on the refurb in one go, right? We make one application, we do the whole thing and we get a very good rate. So we said, all right, let's do it. And we, we, uh, I reached out to Mark and I said, look, I have this deal. Would this work? And he connected with me with the team. We registered on the platform and it's an easy process. Um, I remember, you know, we spoke about that on, on a, on a zoom call, uh, you and me, uh, about, uh, how, um, how many steps it is. And it's only like six steps to apply. So it's a very simple process to apply for a loan. So I went through the process, I uploaded all the documents and it was documents we wanted to have anyway, right? You know, our property business plan, our survey and, and stuff like that. We, and, and pictures. So we uploaded all of that and. Then it was all, you know, it was very simple. We we had a couple phone calls. We went through the deal. And what was great was working with Max Crowdfund. It wasn't like when you're working with a lender where the lender is really trying to find reasons not to lend, right? That's that's kind of the MO from your bridging companies and, and mortgage lenders is they're trying to find reasons why this deal won't work. When talking to Max uh, and the team at Max Crowdfund, what, what, what the team was doing was, were, first off, you were trying to find reasons why to lend. <laughs> so, you know, helping us with the structure. But the only thing, the only reason at all that, you know, you might get a no is because they didn't want to repossess, right? So we were looking at what is a reasonable uh, loan to value so that we can handle it financially, so that we can succeed with this property and we don't have to, you know, get repossessed. And I felt that that was a, a kind of mature conversation to be able to have, to not have to, you know, try to make things sound better than they are or hide numbers. We could be very, very honest and say, look, these are our numbers. This is the deal. What do you think? And they said, well, we think this, we think this. Have you thought of this? Have you thought of this? And we went back and forth and we said, all right, great. And, and we landed on a loan to value that everyone was comfortable with. We put it out on the platform. And this was the first UK deal to go out on the platform, which was really, really cool. Um, I remember that moment. <laughs> yeah, so it was a really cool experience to be a part of that. And, you know, it, there were a lot of the German investors who were going like, wait, why should I invest in the UK? Why not in Germany? And, you know, it kind of went back and forth a little bit. But uh, after a week or two of indecision, all of a sudden the investors just exploded in and we filled, and I know now the, the UK deals are filling like crazy. So uh, that was a really cool experience. We are working on our refinance as we speak. So hopefully we'll be paying back that loan early and rewarding the investors with a little bonus there as a thank you for them uh, trusting us and, and being a part of this project. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think uh, nobody would say no to a bonus. So that's another uh, financial incentive, you could call it. Yeah. You know, you talked about Max Crowdfund, the, the the platform, the loan in the UK, but I just wanted to also talk about the UK market as a whole. What makes it so attractive for investors? Well, so there are multiple, multiple parts to that. So that's a great question because, you know, like I said, I live in Sweden, right? And I was born and raised here. So I should be investing in Sweden, right? Mm -hmm. but, but Sweden is a very regulated market. Sweden is well, I usually say that, you know, most of the Western world has a huge lack of property, right? They, we have a huge need. And different countries have treated this in different ways. In Sweden, what they've done, they've said, huge problem. The only ones that can solve this for us 
are huge companies. And so the tax benefits and the, the support is structured towards these large companies. That then trickles down through the system so that the lending institutions want to lend to huge deals, not small deals. The, uh, you know, the service providers want to work with huge companies, not small. So throughout, it's like, as long as you have maybe 50 million pounds or more, you're going to be fine in Sweden. You, you have a very beneficial market. But if you're smaller than that, which, uh, which I have been in my career, <laughs> then we don't, it's not a very uh, good market. In the UK, they took a different tact. They said, huge problem. We need all hands on deck. We need everyone to come in and help. And so what happens is they have created a support system to help small investors. They've even changed things in the pension system to allow people to use their pension to buy rental property. And that then has a trickle effect. Lenders are used to lending to small investors. Service providers are used to working with people who own one, two, three, five, 10, 20 properties. And there is a support system. So, and the regulations and laws are very much on the side of the landlord, which makes it much, much easier for us to get into the market and successfully invest. So that was what attracted me to the market. Now, the market situation as of now is really interesting. We, we have a YouTube channel. So I'm one of the founders of Momentum Property Education, where we teach property investing. And we have a YouTube channel where we every Tuesday, we share about like what's going on in the market. And if you look at the UK market, the market has grown by 4.8%. The GDP has grown by 4.8% in the last year. That is huge. That is an incredible bounce back from the COVID drop. And now and going forward, they, we see inflation is still high. We see that GDP growth is there. But we also see that people are saving and have been hoarding money like never before in the UK. So the question is, Will they continue to hoard the money, which might make the market dampen a little bit, or will they start getting confident enough now that you know people are getting uh, vaccinated and uh, you know and and things are moving in the right direction? Will they start spending? Because with the growth we already have, if this hoarded money starts being spent, we're going to have a, a, a an extreme growth. So right now, as I see it, we're on a bit of on a razor's edge. Either we're going to have an extreme growth economy for the next couple of years and the time to buy is then now. Or we might have a bit of a contraction if people keep hoarding money, which will be interesting to follow then in the next coming months. So, uh, yeah, that's that's my kind of two cents on the market. Okay. Okay. It's, a, it's an interesting way to view it. I, I also think it really depends on consumer behavior. Of course, so many things factor okay. into that, like travel. Uh, and you, I think traveling is going to be severely impacted by uh, COVID. People are going to start thinking twice about, you know, taking a plane uh, to Asia and then to America. Uh, you, you know, it, there's going to be a lot more thought behind it. So that's probably also going to factor into how people are going to spend and when they decide to spend and what they spend it on. So it's yeah. a, you're definitely right in saying that it's on a razor's edge. And uh, I also wanted to talk about the UK market, but then in terms of what it might look like in the, in the future. And I uh, did some research on this. So according to a Lexology article from May 2021 titled The European Perspective, Impact of Brexit on Real Estate, uh, the importation of any EU law that was still applicable by the end of 2020 into UK law was done so with the intention of leading to continuity within a, a yeah, post-Brexit landscape. 
It was also mentioned that the short-term changes are expected to be minor because of it, yet the long-term goal, of course, is to have UK law eventually diverge from EU law. So going on these developments, which kinds of changes do you think we could expect to see and how will this impact EU and UK real estate? That's a really tough question. And I think right now everything is so wrapped up in, yeah, Brexit has happened. Everyone's trying to get their heads around that. Every everyone has, you know, we have COVID on our mind, and then we're trying to kind of figure out what is the new world economy. So I think right now we haven't really seen any post Brexit changes for property investors, even though we're not in the EU or they're not in the EU anymore. So for us as international investors, there haven't been a lot of changes. Um, they have made some uh, tax law changes in the UK, but they mainly affect large companies, which uh, so there's a benefit for us small, smaller players, which again is what I mean with the UK. They will benefit small business rather than big business, while Sweden goes the opposite way. So, and I think, I think small business is an important part of the growth. Uh, the one change they did do was they added an extra stamp duty for companies that have foreign uh, directors and that are not living in the UK or not UK citizens. This is mainly because very, very, very wealthy people are buying up big chunks of London and then just leaving them empty, which is hurting like lo- the local economy. So they're putting a bit of a, of a wall around to make it a little more expensive. But for us as investors, we just add those 2% to our spreadsheet and then we go out and and we do the deals so it's nothing we really have to spend too much time on um but but overall i don't see too many big changes coming until we get out of the whole covid mania and depending on as we said the consumer behavior if that drives a, a growing market or if they keep their hoarding and it drives a, contr- a, a contracting market that will be the main influencer on what will happen because that will be affecting international trade that will be affecting the uk's revenues the eu's revenues and that will determine what decisions they make so i think right now anyone making a guess on how policy changes will will go over the next 12 18 months um, i would call that wild speculation and uh, i try to avoid it what i what i look at is I've, I do I do use statistics, obviously. So I look at, I believe we have a 70% chance of growth mm-hmm. while we have a 30% chance of contraction. So I try to plan accordingly where I'm trying to acquire properties because I can be in that growth and get a part of that, which would be amazing. Or if we get that contraction, I'm position the deals I am buying, I'm making sure I'm not over leveraging so that if the market does come down a little bit, I am still in a safe, secure situation. Yeah, definitely. I think that's a a good approach, a good way to approach the situation, especially when uh, it's unprecedented like this. It's good to, you know, have extra caution and make sure that uh, the decision you make is, uh, you know, well considered. Um, I remember when I was in elementary school, one of the things I hated more than anything else was, was pop quizzes. Now, Daniel, don't be alarmed, but that's exactly what we're going to do right here, right now. It's time to play some max crowdfund trivia. Five questions, two minutes. It's a race against the clock. Sounds improbable, but it's not impossible. Are you ready? 
I'm ready. Let's do it. And time starts now. Question one, how does Max Crowdfund make information transparent on the platform? Right. So when you log in, you can you and you're looking at a deal, you have access to all the documents, all the information and all the data about the property. So it's it's there. It's there for the investor. That's correct. Question two, what is the average return percentage investors could expect to see on their investment? Uh, I know it's been between 7.5 and 8, but I know there are some more higher grade loans coming out too. That's uh, that's correct again. Question three, why is company valuation so important to us at Max Property Group? Right. So in, in obviously the most important is the valuation of the property and the and the deal itself. But the valuation of the company is a support that creates extra security and safety. If the company has a good balance sheet that supports if something goes wrong, that there are assets to repay the investors. Three out of three. Correct again. Question four, why is it imperative for investors to have funds already stored on their max crowdfund account prior to a loan going live on the platform? Well, the last few loans that have gone live have been filled within some within minutes, others within hours. You know, not many has even taken days. So if you're if you see a deal you want to get into and you're making an international transfer that might take two to three days to reach your account, you will have missed the deal. So if you want to be ready, you got to be ready. Four out of four. Correct again. And finally, what's the best podcast you've ever been invited onto? Well, obviously the Max Crowdfund podcast. Uh, <laughs> uh, I've been on a lot of cool shows, though. Um, I've been on uh, the real estate, uh, you know, the real estate podcast. It's literally its name. That was a pretty cool one. Um, I've been on, uh, I've been on some radio shows. The Business Elevation Show with uh, Chris Cooper has to be right up there as one of my all-time favorites. I remember uh, during our Zoom call last time uh, that you mentioned uh, the Momentum Property Podcast, your own podcast. Uh, could you tell us a little bit more about your involvement with it? Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Well, what we do is we're, we interview property experts from all over the world. So we've interviewed uh, Kim Kiyosaki. We've interviewed Jordan Harbinger. And on our latest episode, we actually had Roger Bannister, who is also known as the Castle Guy on our show. Mm -hmm. So our latest episode, me and him actually sat down and we analyzed castle deals. What would the potential yield be? How do you do it? What are the pitfalls? So if you want to learn kind of strange, exciting strategies, or you want to hear what are the kind of best investors in the world doing right now, that's what we try to give you with the Momentum Investing Podcast. And when is the next episode going to go live? So the show comes out every single Thursday. You can find it on any podcast platform or on YouTube, and that's the Momentum Property Education YouTube channel. So it comes out Thursday mornings on the YouTube channel. We also have on Tuesdays, we do our finance update. And on Saturdays, we do our show Passive Income Mastery, where we share different ways to create passive income. So if you're interested in some more real estate tips and tricks, please visit the Momentum Property Podcast or the Momentum Property Education YouTube channel. Okay, uh, I just wanted to move on to our special segment here. Bowl of Fortune. I'm going to reach into the bowl in front of me and pull one of the balls out and unscrew it to reveal a hidden note. So Daniel, let me know what the quote or saying means to you as I read it out loud. All right. Oh, one of them fell out of the bowl, unfortunately, but uh, that's okay. 
I managed to get another one out. Property has its duties as well as its rights. A quote by Thomas Drummond. Well, that that is actually really interesting. I haven't heard that quote before, but that that's a really interesting quote because I think. Um, well, I, actually, I was preparing my presentation for for Success Resources. You've invited me to speak. Yeah, that's the event with Robert Kiyosaki, and I was looking, and we were creating our script. Me and me and my mentor. And one of the things we we looked at was, you know, why should someone want to invest in property? You know, what is the the benefit of being a property investor? And, and you know, there are millions of financial reasons. But one of the things we looked at was specifically around the pandemic now, what had investors been able to do? And one of the things that was so amazing it was actually an interview I'd seen with Kristen Bell, you know, one of the stars from the Frozen uh, movie. Yeah, uh, yeah. She in an interview, she shared that she's actually a property investor. She has multiple uh, rental real estate buildings uh, together with her husband. And they, during the pandemic, they had actually given rental holidays to their tenants because they built up that, that kind of cash reserve in the property company. That's so not because she makes millions as an actress. It's <laughs> the property company itself had been profitable. And they said, we'll give people rental holidays to help them out in these tough times. And I think that is, is an amazing part of it. I mean, obviously we get a huge benefit from property. And I, I think that's in this quote, there, there's kind of the two sides to the coin. One side is the fact that we get an amazing benefit. We have passive income, we have wealth creation, we get that upside. But at the same time, we have a responsibility to provide quality living at affordable rates. And when, when things happen, we have the blessing to be able to step up and help someone and, and support them in times of need. And, and I think that that is how I would look at that quote. Yeah. And, uh, Thomas Drummond was someone who was very critical of large estates, you know, landlordism. He, th th this quote is sort of disputing, you know, the, the, the reasons for being uh, really unethical towards tenants and for landlords to, you know, uh, only think about the financial economical side of things. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. We get the financial upside of it, but you don't have to be like, uh, like, you know, Ebenezer Scrooge in, uh, <laughs> in a Christmas mm -hmm. Carol, right? You can still be, a quality landlord. And I think that will benefit you more in the long term. I'm sure the type of bad landlords that are out there are the ones who've been hit the hardest by the, the uh, you know, the fact that you can't evict tenants today. Uh, and people have basically chosen to take their own rental holiday. Quality landlords, I don't think have had a lot of problems with that. We've had a total of one tenant in our entire portfolio um, choose not to pay. And, uh, you know, that's that's in a, a substantial portfolio. Well, I think people who might have treat, mistreated their tenants earlier might have, you know, might have had a different experience. Yeah, it's important to have a high EQ and uh, build up a good relationship with your tenants because that can, in, at the end, be more imperative than, uh, you know, only thinking about money. Thanks a lot for that uh, take on the quote. And I think that's all we have time for for today. So I'd once again like to thank everyone who tuned in. And if you don't have a Spotify account, don't worry. The Max Property Podcast can be listened to via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Radio Public, and CastBox. 
have a look at our website, maxcrowdfund.com, if you haven't done so already. And please have a look at Daniel's YouTube channel, Momentum Property Education, as well as well as the Momentum Property Podcast on any uh, podcast channel. However, uh, before we take off, Daniel, do you have any final words of advice you'd like to pass on to our listeners? Well, I, first off, I just want to thank everyone for taking the time to listen. And you know, if, if there's one thing I've learned, as long as you, you don't give up, you will be able to succeed in property. Just keep learning, keep growing, and make sure to manage your risk. That's what property investing is all about. Warren Buffett's number one rule in investing is don't lose money. Well, I lost a whole lot of money, but I try to follow that rule now. And uh, it's made it a lot easier to accumulate and grow. So if you just go step by step, do good deals with good people, you'll be fine. Thanks again, Daniel, for your time. And of course, thanks to all of you out there for listening. We hope to see you next time.